Welcome to the Gooder Podcast. I'm your host, Diana Frike. As partner and CMO of Retail Voodoo, an award-winning branding agency, I have met and worked with some of the most amazing women and the naturals industry, food, beverage, wellness, and fitness. And as such, I have decided to create the Gooder Podcast to interview these great people and subject matter experts, have them share their insights, passions, and expertise to help businesses all around the world become Gooder. So today we get to meet Miss Zelda Beckford, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. She is the vice president of quality at New Chapter, a subsidiary of Procter & Gamble Personal Healthcare. With almost 20 years of industry experience in quality assurance, quality control, and regulatory compliance, and there's a, like a list, long list more. Uh, she has a strong record for implementing systems and process improvements. Zelda is currently responsible for safeguarding quality standards for consumer packaged goods. How did I trip over that? Yeah, we're just gonna say just, you know, just that's all she's doing, right? Um, so welcome, Miss Zelda. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. And you... You're in Boston? No, you're not in Boston. You're in Massachusetts. So I automatically think Boston. Whereabouts yeah. are you? I'm actually in Amherst. Um, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Right. In Amherst, Massachusetts. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And my office is in Vermont. Oh, in but Vermont. are you going into the office now? I am. Yes. So, um, so I do a hybrid between uh, going in a couple days a week and, uh -huh. and then um, from home, working from home in my home office. Mm, great. Well, I have to say there were, I, I, most people know this, mostly guests know this. Um, I like to do research to make sure that I am familiar with who I'm talking to. I don't like to come in blind into my conversations. And I found a couple of things that made me so excited about connecting with you. And that was one, your first generation American, meaning your parents were immigrants. And that's the same as mine. And we have such a crazy view of the world. Like, don't we? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It is. A, it's I, I often, a lot of my friends are also first generation. So we talk about this a lot. Um, there's so many similarities, no matter where you come from. Um, just, you know, where you just, especially, you know, the drive that you get from your parents just to be successful. Um, you know, you want to make them proud. They work so hard to get here and to give you everything really. And, um, you know, you just want to make sure that their efforts weren't wasted. Just the work ethic that, uh, you know, that we have as first generation is really insane. I think we drive ourselves really hard. Part of it is that we do want to do we want to make our parents proud but the other thing is we saw our parents work so hard so that's like our that's our standard absolutely absolutely yeah i mean definitely in my family um education came first mm -hmm. you know more than anything mm -hmm. and um and so i knew from a very early age that you know there really wasn't a discussion about whether i wanted to go to college or not it was an expectation mm -hmm. and um and you know i think the more schooling that i went through um the more i understood you know mm -hmm why it was so important to them. And also, you know, especially now, um, you know, I know I wouldn't be where I am if I didn't, you know, right. take the, make the investment in my own education um, with my, with my parents pushing me as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my parents didn't push necessarily as hard as 
some of my um, counterparts uh, that I uh, that I've met, but there was just an implied expectation, mm-hmm. that, you know. And so I think that if my parents would have pushed it, like my my success level would probably be one up from where it is now, which would be okay. But I'm I'm fine. Like I feel like I'm firing at 120 percent all the time now already. Right. Right. The other thing that I just thought was so um, just so funny and anecdotal was um, when you were working at Goop, there was this kind of like, what's your favorite white T-shirt? Just kind of like this fun thing it must have been about like being employees. And you had said that your mate, the Madewell tea was your favorite. Yes. I don't know. But I have like a dozen and half yes. of them are white that is like the legit quintessential white t-shirt i know this is like kind of a weird weird thing to talk about on this podcast but i'm just gonna say that's the t-shirt like that's it the is. and you know obviously like goop is you know a luxury lifestyle brand and so um a lot of the other uh features on there were you know white tees that were you know upwards of like 200 300 and so when they asked me i was like well you know to be honest like that t-shirt is just like 20 bucks so right. i'm like and i have like so many of them in every in just about every color and in three sizes pretty much each because i i was buying them when i was going through like my weight loss journey Uh and so every time i would go down a size i would buy another one so i have i have like every size Mm -hmm. some of them i think now you might be uh okay getting rid of those if you haven't already that's what i always encourage my friends to do get rid of them we don't want to see them in the closet yeah i i can't get rid of it's sad i should i think like be one away but um but yeah I still have I still have the majority of them hilarious okay well let's let's first of all let's talk about new chapter right I always like to give every guest an opportunity to share more about their company and then you coming in from a quality standpoint is um you know tell it from your point of view what is a new chapter and why does the brand exist So New Chapter, you know, is a very unique brand because they have a different manufacturing process. They use a, a lot of their vitamins are fermented. They they go through a fermentation process. Um, And so that pretty much differentiates them from a lot of other um, vitamin supplement companies um, in the market today. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, you know, we take great pride in all of the certifications, the testing, Mm -hmm. um, you know, where our raw materials come from, um, the processing, our our manufacturers that we work with. Mm -hmm. Um, We really do, really, really, the team goes, um, above and beyond um, what is, you know, the requirements for uh, manufacturing practices. And so, um, you know, being in quality, especially for me personally, consumer safety is like my number one Mm -hmm. um, goal. I'm always thinking from the point of view of the consumer. I mean, we are all consumers um, of products. And so especially things that we are ingesting, um, you know, it's, you you really have to, you know, be on top of everything, (laughs) on top of your suppliers, your manufacturers, um, you know, your production, um, your, you know, supply, you know, everything. So, um, so, you know, a new chapter, um, they're rooted in, you know, 
giving back to the planet, you know, a holistic approach to, um, you know, the, the care that goes into creating healthy individuals. Um, and so that is what really drew me to wanting to join the team. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because this was, uh, this was a recent move, right? Um, the last 12 months have been a big move for you culturally, um, moving from Goop and the West Coast mm-hmm. to new chapter in the East Coast. What, what's the, how are you holding up? Like, how's that going? Yeah. And, and what were some of the things that you were taking in consideration as part of this move? Right. So, you know, I was, um, you know, working for Goop in Santa Monica. Um, I wasn't really thinking about making a, a, a move across the country or anything like that. Um, I was very much, you know, deep in my work there. Um, I was responsible for quality and compliance. And, mm-hmm. um, and so, you know, one day, you know, out of the blue, I got a um, email from a wonderful woman named Angela, who um, we both know. And, um, you know, she really just kind of asked me about like the position, um, asked me about the job description, if this sounded, you know, accurate and everything and asked and then asked me, um, you know, if I uh, would be interested in applying for the position. And I, I was like, sure, you know, um, I, and it's funny because before that I had been getting, you know, emails and offers and, and things like that throughout the summer. And I was turning them down or referring other people. I really wasn't in the mindset of, you know, mm-hmm. I wasn't open, but I guess, I don't know. It was kind of like, maybe it was Angela hit me at the right moment. And, um, and so, and I didn't even know at the time that it was for a company in Vermont. So, oh, okay. um, <laughs> so it wasn't until she, she, uh, I think after a couple of conversations that I realized like, oh no, it's going to be, you know, on the other side of the country. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think it really was at the right time because, you know, we have been locked in our homes for, uh, for, from COVID for pretty much the past, uh, prior eight months or so. And, um, and I really was looking for a change of scenery. Like I had already started looking to move um, possibly like to Arizona or Texas um, because I have friends and family there. Um, And, and then Vermont, I just thought, well, you know, why not? (laughs) You know, it's like, it it can't be a bad place to live. And so then I started to do a little bit more research on the Mm -hmm. area. um, And I learned, you know, some things, some, some good and bad things, right. About, um, about Southern Vermont and, um, and really where the company is is located. Um, But, you know, I was concerned that, you know, that they don't have a lot of diversity. Um, It's, it's, I knew it was going to be very different from living in California, in Southern California. Um, But, you know, that's pretty much an experience that I've had my entire life. Um, Even though I've been in a diverse um, area in California, Mm -hmm. um, the majority of my schooling um, and, you know, my education has been predominantly in, um, you know, private Catholic, uh, majority of the class is white. I mean, I was in a sorority at LMU and I was the only, um, black person in my sorority when I, um, you know, pledged. So, um, you know, I, it's like, I, I always picture my bid day picture because I'm right in the middle. (laughs) 
I'm the only one. Um, and since then it's, it's different now, thank God. But you know, it's like, that's the experience that I was so used to, even though like, I know it's not normal, Mm -hmm. but, um, so I, I kind of knew what I was getting into by moving to, to this part of the country. Well, the category itself is not terribly diverse right now. That's part one of the objectives I'm trying to accomplish with my podcast is to um, kind of level up and normalize diversity of every kind um, in the leadership in of this natural space or whatever the, the place is. So I can imagine, I mean, even in California, I mean, if you're at Goop, maybe Goop might probably have a higher diversity ratio just because by nature of the brand, I can't speak to it myself, but you know, you were at Herbalife and you were also at Beachbody. Mm-hmm. I, I would, um, over the years, things have probably changed, but right. like it was the opportunity itself and what you were able, what you're going to be doing, what you're tasked with. That was really the draw for you. And Angela, for those that don't know, um, Angela is actually a recruiter and she specializes in these really, um, these very specialized placements. And um, those of you ever, um, get to meet her, you'll, you'll recognize she just is really great at um, identifying an opportunity and being able to figure out what's a good fit and what's not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So now I gave a pretty simplified description of what you do, but it's pretty deep and robust and not like that we're looking for um, getting into the weeds per se, but maybe you can Mm -hmm. talk about what is it that you do on a daily basis? What have you been brought into new chapter specifically to do? Because I believe there was like a task. And as much as you can share, obviously, we don't want to give away any trade secrets. But, you know, talk about that a little bit more. Right. So, um, you know, I so I've, I've been with the company for six months now. Um, I knew. huh? Not very long. Oh, yeah. Not very long. But I've had, you know, it's been a hard six months for sure. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I know that I came, I was brought in to create change. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and the company itself is in the middle of, um, or has been in the process of changing out, um, the prior leadership. Mm -hmm. Um, there was a lot of, I I guess, you know, bad practices and, Mm -hmm. um, things that, um, you know, we're kind of counterproductive to the success of the business. And yeah. so, um, so now there's a new leadership team in place. I basically completed, um, the last spot on the leadership team okay. and, um, it's, it's, you know, an even team, male and female and, um, and everybody is awesome. I really, really love, um, working with them. We're all, you know, we all are, are invested in, you know, doing the best for the company and the employees. Um, I think we're working really hard to change the culture, Mm -hmm. you know, and um, I know me personally, like the environment, the business environments that I've been in prior were very collaborative. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we really wanted to hear everybody's ideas, you know, please bring yourself Mm -hmm. to the group. Right. Um, And so that's what I push a lot with my team where I, before that they didn't really get that type of support or guidance. Um, And so, um, you know, so I, I, I hope that I'm doing, you know, the right thing. And I know that um, that is what they asked me to come in to do, like to, 
to help to improve processes, yeah. supplier relationships, yeah. um, you know, maintain all of our certifications, increase our supply chain, mm-hmm. um, our relationships with, um, you know, our contract laboratories. Um, there were a lot of things that were kind of disjointed and, um, and, you know, with change in leadership and positions um, and turnover, you know, there's a lot of gaps, there's things that need to be addressed. And so I'm in the middle of, you know, doing a lot of that as well as just trying to nurture the team, grow the team. Um, Thankfully, like I've been able to hire some really amazing people um, to help, you know, uh, support, the growth that the company is experiencing right now. Um, and, you know, just help the organization continue to grow and increase our capacity and um, productivity. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, I don't know if it was a wholesale sweep um, of leadership change, but I always find that companies that uh, it, when, when lots of change needs to happen, and I, and I'm, I don't know if that's exactly what's going on, with new chapter, but when there are some pretty big initiatives uh, and you have an opportunity to make some significant leadership changes, I find that um, the opportunity becomes exponential. The opportunity for success and growth becomes exponential because there's a lot of sacred cows and we don't do it that way that kind of um, get thrown away or lost Mm -hmm. through the process and um, different practices and thinking and even communication styles get brought in and it brings an opportunity. Have you in your short time there seen a a dynamic shift with the teams below you kind of, you know, um, underneath the leadership? Are you seeing um, some um, opening up? Are you seeing people responding well? How's that? How's that going? I think so. I, I know for my team in particular, you know, I, do try to get them together as much as I can. Um, I have uh, several um, like sub departments, you know, within the quality team. And so um, I always want them to know what each other is doing, what the priorities are, Mm -hmm. what the plans are. Mm -hmm. um, And also like, you know, for changes, because sometimes like I just had a a couple of um, interdepartmental changes um, and um, you know, everybody's not always aware of what's going on on the other side of the fence. Right. And so, um, and especially now where we're, a lot of people are working um, from home or um, sometimes we're in the office, but we're not in the office at the same time. So mm-hmm. it, it really makes it a little bit harder to, to make sure that everybody's on the same page every day, you know, yeah. when um, the traditional ways of working where you would have like, you know, everybody in the room, like at Beachbody, we would have a production meeting every morning, everybody's in the room, you know, um, so we all hear the same information at the same time. Yeah. And, you know, in today's world, it doesn't really happen that way yeah. all the time. So yeah. Yeah. you have to remember to tell everyone, you know, the same thing, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, yeah. It- I think that the, I was having a conversation with somebody yesterday, I believe, where we discussed this, what do we think back to work is going to look like? And I think the general consensus is that the remote work is cute now. I mean, mandatory and much necessary, but there is a definite deep, deep, concern about maintaining or returning back to productivity pre-COVID and having um, different people 
have different um, options in regards mm-hmm. to remote or not remote. And I think there's going to be continual learning and iterative or test, te- kind of a test model. Like, well, okay, let's try this for a month and let's try this for a month before I think teams and, and companies and organizations are going to be back to that place where they're like, okay, this is what we're going to do. I don't think a full-on hybrid model is going to be really effective for some of the larger organizations. I think there would be productivity issues, in my opinion. I don't know how you guys are thinking about that right now. I, I You know, we're definitely trying to figure that out at the moment. We've sent out some employee surveys, um, mostly to figure out how comfortable employees are feeling about returning back to work. But I mean, I've been going in, you know, I'm fully vaccinated. I've been going in um, and it is, uh, it is a little, it's hard, you know, because not everybody is there. It's, it's an eerie feeling, you know, when you just see empty desks everywhere. Um, and I, the last time that I was in an office, a full, you know, office environment was when I was at Goop. And, you know, there is something to be said for being able to all be under one roof and have those common spaces where you, you know, you're on the way to the kitchen or the bathroom or whatever, and you see somebody from a different, you know, department and you can, you know, check in with each other or talk about projects that you're working on or, you know, and that is very much lost, you know, in how we are working today where you miss a lot of those opportunities to interact with people that you, because I usually see the same people on Zoom every day. Mm-hmm. And so um, it isn't until I get my whole team together that I'm actually able to see a lot of the people that I don't interact with mm-hmm. on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And then um, and then the same thing for other departments that I work with, you know, mostly it's through email or, mm-hmm. um, or if we're all on a, on a Zoom call. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's kind of weird to think that there are people that, you know, I haven't even met yet at my organization or have no idea. I mean, I know they know who I am, but, um, but, you know, it's just, it's a lot of that is, is lost. So. Yeah. Well, I kind of want to touch base on the whole group thing um, only because uh, it's. (laughs) How can you not? Right, I know. It's a phenomenon, right? It, it It is what it is. That First of all, category disruptor. I think at first when Goop opened up, everybody's like, oh, that's interesting. And now everybody's like, oh, that's interesting. Like the, the chef did it, right? And, yeah. um, you know, you're, you went from Herbalife to Beachbody to Goop. Um, and I remember there was a little, like, there was like, even a little anecdotal story about Beachbody, from Beachbody to Goop. But like, my notes were all very clear. And then, then I have my notes. It says, you know, my question, how did you get to goop? And then it gets all ridiculous. And I couldn't, I was like, okay, there's, there's a little something to talk about here. So can you talk about how did you get to goop? And was it, was it this kind of fantastical place that I think some of us think it might be, or is it really just a business with a really fantastic brand facade? So, yeah, you know, um, uh, so my goop, how I got to goop is because, um, while I was working at Beachbody, a woman by the name of Tina, who I love, 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 love. She, um, 
reached out to me because she was working at Goop. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, she actually was just like, hey, like, do you want to have dinner? And I'm like, sure. Like, let's, well, you know, so we finally w- had this dinner date. And um, and at the dinner, she was explaining to me about, um, you know, the, the problems that they were having at the company. Mm-hmm. And she asked me, you know, like if I could put a plan together for like, you know, what they needed to do because they didn't have any quality at all. <laughs> And so, um, and they, they really needed help. And so I was like, sure, you know, I mean, I, I would do anything for her. She's, you know, awesome. So I, um, you know, went home, I thought about all the things that she had told me that they were experiencing and I just put a deck together for them. And, mm-hmm. um, cause I, you know, in my mind, I think slides. So <laughs> I just put it, put, put my thoughts out on, on a deck and, um, sent it over to her. And then she, you know, said, you know, Hey, can you come back and, uh, would you mind coming in and like, like explaining it to the team? And I'm like, okay. So, you know, I went (laughs) and basically kept, they kept asking me to come back. And then I realized that they were interviewing me, you know, at the time. And, um, yeah, because, you know, I was basically just going through, like, this is what you need. Like, I did a two-year plan for them. Like, this is what your quality, um, you know, structure should look like. Um, These are the elements of, you know, creating a quality management system. Um, and so, and I outlined, you know, the challenges that they were having and Mm -hmm. what their risk mitigation, um, Mm -hmm. you know, tools should be. Mm -hmm. And, um, so, you know, I just, you know, was explaining it to the team and, um, and then they basically offered me the position of, you know, being their director of quality and compliance. And I was just like, sure, (laughs) you know, like, I mean, I already put the plan together, so I might as well just come and execute it. And, um, so I ended up, you know, exiting from Beachbody and, um, and I took about a month off because I needed a a minute, you know, to, to, you know, hang out with my friends and go to Mammoth and, (laughs) you know, just like decompress. Um, and then, and then started, um, at Goop and, you know, and so, my first day, you know, I'll never forget. I like walk in and I was going to the bathroom and I ran into GP and, um, that's what she, Gwyneth, hey? yeah, yeah, yes. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Yes. Okay. And, and so, um, you know, she said hello to me and everything. And like for a second, I was just like, wait a minute. And I even told her this when I was leaving, um, <clears throat> because, I I knew in that moment that I was like in this like supernatural like environment. Like it was just like not, you know, like I know it's a reality, but like in my mind, it was like, is this my real life right now? Like this is, this is wild, <laughs> you know? And, and then, um, you know, I, you know, just after that, I knew like this was going to be like a once in a lifetime experience. I mean, everybody there, I mean, I was always so, I wouldn't even say amazed. I was more like impressed with like the talent there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, every bit of the, that I worked with, I absolutely loved. Like there wasn't anyone that, you know, I didn't like working with. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a really, it was a really, really loving, nurturing environment. And I know that that's like, you don't really say that about like your employer, but honestly, and I was definitely concerned about, cause I had never worked anywhere that it was the, the majority of, the employee base is women. Oh. Um, and so, you know, I've always had, 
I've had female bosses before, but usually it's like male dominated, especially in the industry that I'm in. Um, it's mostly male dominated. And, um, you know, so it was just, um, it was a very special experience. I mean, just, and then when we moved, so at that time we were in Santa Monica in the bungalows that we oh. called it. And, um, and so that was also a very unique experience because our, um, we were kind of like bursting at the seams, right? Like the company was growing, we were hiring people, uh, but we didn't really have enough space. And so um, we didn't have enough conference rooms. So I would be taking calls with like manufacturers, like in my car or like on the sidewalk, like our hallway was the sidewalk. Um, And then we ended up moving into a beautiful brand new um, space uh, just around the corner. And I mean, that office was, you know, it was like, unlike anything I think you could ever imagine. Um, Beautiful, you know, cashmere couches and just, I mean, just a beautiful space. Of course. course. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. But it was a very great environment. It was really, really, you know, like it was inspiring to be there. Like you wanted to be there. I wanted to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I had a hellish commute to get there from um, I lived in South Redondo at the time. Oh, my gosh. And um, so, you know, traffic on the west side, it was like two hours yeah. um, in the evening. And but, you know, I mean, you do what you have to do, you know, for your, for your job, but, um, but yeah, it was, it was great. And so, you know, I think what people may think it is like, like it's better than what you would ever think it's like, right. Like that's, that's how I feel, you know, I mean, um, and I tried to, you know, when I was like thinking of my home office, building my home office here, like that's what I was, you know, trying to kind of recreate was that environment that I, I really miss. Mm-hmm. That's, um, that's so, it's so, um, I don't know. It, it's crazy. It's interesting. It's awesome to hear that, uh, that those experiences exist. Like it, it wouldn't be as special if every brand was like that, right? You need to have those magical unicorns and then have an opportunity to be in the magical unicorn for a little while so that you can have that experience. Um, and of course it, I think it, the opportunities that were presented to you there naturally um, grew you. And now here you are tackling something a little bit bigger because of it, right? Like you're turning into, I like to call yes. like they bring you in when things need fixed or things need an upgrade and a lot right. Easy, right? Yes. You know, um, there was a a point in time when I was at Goop where I reported to the chief counsel and um, or chief legal counsel. And she had told me one one day um, because, you know, it was very hard to work there. Like I as lovely as it was, you know, as the environment was, it was very, very hard and a lot of stress. You know, I was responsible for quality and compliance. I was basically a one person army. I I was definitely worried about everything, (laughs) you know, Um, especially because, you know, the company has a a higher risk tolerance than other organizations. And so 
that was always a concern for me because I wanted to make sure that we were always doing the right thing. Um, I always wanted to, you know, my first conversation about anything was always with legal. Um, I worked with a, a very wonderful woman, Lauren, um, who, you know, I leaned on her a lot for legal support. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so uh, as hard as it was, I, I, um, my, uh, the chief legal counsel, Virginia, she had told me one day, you know, like, I know it seems like, you know, like it's, um, like kind of like you're doing an impossible job, but, you know, one day you'll look back and you'll know that like, you know, you learned so much because you had to do yeah. it all, you know? And, and it's, it's very true. I mean, at the time <laughs> I felt like I was going crazy, but, um, but I know now like that, that prepared, prepared me so much for, you know, what I'm doing now and probably for other things to come because, um, because yeah, I, I didn't have, you know, a safety net or anything like that. It was like, it was me and that was it. And like, and I had to just kind of learn on the go, like, and, and take responsibility for every single thing. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, and, and also the, my prior experience had prepared me for being at Goop as well. Mm -hmm. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it was, it was definitely one of those jobs that I'll never forget. Yeah. Just, you know, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. So we're going to jump back to today. I'll take in all of that experience to what's happening today, it, um, not only with New Chapter, but with the pandemic. And you're talking about quality control. You're talking about regulatory. We've had a really crazy last 12 to 18 months. Supplements have done pretty damn well mm -hmm. yes. in general terms. But I wonder what might be happening behind the scenes in regards to kind of some more of the technical things that um, that maybe um, retailers or consumers or, um, you know, what are you guys dealing with behind the scenes when we've got this crush uh, demand happening? Probably the biggest crush that this category has seen in quite a while. Right. Yeah. So, you know, for new chapter, it's a little different. I think um I think there are there are a couple of things going on. You know, they have a very loyal customer base. Oh. So um, a, the new chapter customer is someone who is well versed in, uh, you know, the raw ingredients that kind of go into our products, mm. um, you know, what they're expecting to see or the results that they're expecting to see from taking the products. Um, and uh, so th I feel like that that consumer base is is kind of like our stable we want to cater to them we want to make sure that we're giving them what they are what they need and mm -hmm. um and also introducing them to new um forms of taking okay. um, supplements so mm -hmm. we're you know going to be launching some exciting new products um in the future okay. um if you can catch my hint there okay. um <laughs> <laughs> um, but then also, you know, because of COVID and the influx of people wanting to invest more time and money in their um, health, like, you know, their holistic development, right. whether it's their their mind, their body, their spirituality, whatever it is. Um, and so we have seen like new customers who don't really know what to take or right. um, or know um you know, how to, how to consume vitamins. Right. So right. 
um, sometimes people start, you know, they buy a whole slew of things and just start taking them all at once. And then, you know, they get nauseous or something and they don't really understand why. And so, you know, dealing with, cause I, you know, I see the consumer complaints and things like that yeah. too. And so, um, you know, I am always making sure that our team is well educated and well versed in um, being able to answer the questions that consumers, um, you know, kind of throw our way. Um, we always try to be as transparent as possible mm -hmm. in, um, in anything that they're asking about, mm -hmm. um, whether it's our testing, our ingredients, our sourcing. Um, and um, yeah, I feel like those are the two biggest um, kind of like things that we are fielding right now. Yeah. Um, and then also just trying to innovate. So we, yeah. I mean, innovation is something that drives the company as well. Um, and so, like I said, like, we're going to be launching some new, um, you know, new forms of, um, of supplements. And, um, I think that too, because the company has, um, you know, they were, they were privately owned for a period of time before they were acquired by, uh, Procter and Gamble. Mm -hmm. And so they've gone through a lot of changes as far as like, you know, uh, kind of paring down the selection, um, focusing on core brands. Right. Um, and also um, they just went through like a brand refresh, mm -hmm. um, I think uh, last year. Mm -hmm. And so we're still doing that, right. updating a lot of our packaging right. and um, taking a look at all the claims that we're making and just making sure that everything's, you know, uh, that everything is accurate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, it sounds like there's an education platform that needs to happen because of this influx of new consumers. Uh, I'm assuming that would that fall under your kind of jurisdiction? And, so um, I, I, it doesn't fall under my jurisdiction, but I do communicate very closely with Charlotte, who does do our consumer education. Awesome. She is like the, a human library about a uh, really? new chapter. And mm -hmm. um, I'm sure like if anybody looked up looked her up online like you could probably find videos or something of her like we did one with um our lab that we contract with alchemist labs um that okay. does a lot of our botanical testing for us mm -hmm. um and uh you know so she is really good at breaking down you know just anything and everything about like products plants uh sourcing just um you know, I mean, she's way better at explaining things than I am. Um, and yeah. I try to, every time I talk to her, I try to soak up as much of, you know, the uh, product education that I can, because, uh -huh. you know, I I'm, I'm also new, right? So I don't know everything about every product, but I do my best to try to understand um, as much as I can, uh, because I'm dealing with the back end of things, right? Mostly. Right. Yeah. 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 And, you know, from that regulatory side, I know some of that you're challenged, I'm sure, because you can, you guys are making the products that you're making and you're, um, you're using the ingredients that you're using. And then, you know, supplements and nutraceuticals and even products that have these kind of components to them. There's a ton of new entrants in the market um, mm -hmm. just again accelerated by COVID and I wonder what the impact is for you in your role like does that mean that you have to like double triple make sure on top of what you've already been doing 
do you guys, do you have to share information differently with the consumer? Like, what is that yes. happening there? Yeah. So, you know, that is, um, that has been a challenge, uh, recently. So, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's interesting because, uh, at my last company at Goop, I dealt with a lot of, so not only did we, uh, did Goop manufacture their own, uh, supplements and beauty mm-hmm. products, but also sold third party. So okay. I was, um, responsible for vetting all of those third-party brands as well, right? And and um, partnered with our brand partnerships team to drive them into our e-commerce. So I had a lot of exposure to these smaller brands. I had to provide a lot of support to yeah. them um, and direction on, um, you know, I couldn't tell them what they needed to be doing with their product, but I had, I had to you know, basically give them a yes or no and kind of redirect them on where they needed to go in -hmm. order for their their products to be compliant. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I learned a lot about the smaller brands and how a lot of them don't know, you know, what's actually in their product, um, you know, depending on where they're being made or how they're being made or where their ingredients are being sourced. A lot of them don't know (laughs) where they're being sourced or didn't have the documentation or substantiation to support their Mm -hmm. claims and things like that. So I learned a lot there. Mm -hmm. Um, Cut to today with the new chapter, there are a lot, because of that influx of new brands and, and, you know, and there's that joke that everybody has a, you know, beauty company or a beauty product or whatever. Mm because you know you it you it is a especially for beauty it's a a lot easier to enter the market mm-hmm. um really oh yeah <laughs> so um so uh because it's not as heavily regulated as uh, you know ingestibles uh, are mm-hmm. um and even and and most consumers don't know this but ingestibles or i'm sorry uh, supplements mm-hmm. are regulated heavily more so than food you know, um, and, and, and more so than like meats and things like that. Right. Wow. So, um, and I, that's a whole nother discussion, <laughs> but, um, but, uh, you know, so when you're dealing with, with uh, dietary supplements, you know, th- it's regulated by the FDA, everybody knows the FDA, but there are so many other organizations that regulate companies, um, you know, uh, depending on your claims, yeah. um, just, you know, they're, Anyone can pull your product and have it tested yeah. and, um, and, and basically challenge you on your label claim. So those types of things, a company like New Chapter, we have to make sure that everything that we put on the label is yeah. by the book and is accurate and meets label claim. And, you know, the formula has to be, you know, I, I can't go into all, <laughs> no, too much, you know, like it just, everything needs to, um, needs to be able to be substantiated. And so, I'm sorry. <laughs> so, um, and so when you're dealing with um, with the smaller brand, the influx of the smaller brands, it basically makes us have to be that much more, um, I don't want to say aggressive, but um, it, it's like we now have to prove, even though we have already always been doing yeah. the testing and verification yeah. of our products prior to releasing them for, for commercial sale, um, we also have to now prove that to all these retailers because now they are trying to create a safe gate basically yeah. for their consumers to yeah. ensure that 
whatever they're putting on their shelves is not going to hurt anyone as well. So we've been, you know, dealing with being able to comply with a lot of different programs. Um, And that's also, you know, it's also in the middle of changing the way that the industry operates right now. Um, There's a, there's a lot going on behind the scenes just Mm -hmm. to ensure that consumers are getting what they're paying for, you know, that they are getting um, product that is, you know, pure. It's, it's exactly what it says it is on the label mm-hmm. um, and that no one's trying to, you know, dis, um, deceive you or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, super tricky, right? And not only do you have the new entrance, but you've got a bunch of new ingredients that um, sound um, so, um, I'll use the word magical again, right? Like all all of these new ingredients that they're new to us. I mean, they've been around in various cultures all over the world, but they're, they're new. And I think everybody of the American consumer particularly is always looking at the shiny new. And so there's a little bit of a challenge to kind of make sure you mitigate that risk. Mm -hmm. Then somebody for a brand like yours, it's not like you can just start bringing in all of these new trendy products it doesn't make sense for your portfolio but then to be able to make sure that you um kind of up your game without getting too technical like nobody wants to buy a brand where all it is is just like technical claims and you Mm -hmm. know brand there as well so i'm sure that's that there's a straddle there that our attention there that probably um where you and the marketing team probably do a lot of this. I, think. <laughs> I mean, and also it, you know, it, it's always a, a tricky, you know, balancing act, you know, yeah. with supply, yeah. with um, sustainability, yeah. you know, just, I mean, we've started to um, do, we're, we're now doing regenerative uh, agriculture. So, oh, awesome. you know, Yeah. And so that too, you know, just making sure that that's sustainable um, for our customers as well. um, Because once you start down that path, you know, the expectation, you know, you build that expectation. And so you have to be able to deliver um, or else you'll lose your customer base, you know, they'll turn to, to somewhere else. And, you know, we really want to make sure that we're giving our consumers what they are asking for and what they want and what's good for them, you know? Um, and so that's, that's where we spent a lot of time and energy and money, um, you know, on different initiatives to, to be able to support, you know, our sustainability efforts, you know, we're B Corp certified. Um, yes. So we like to do other partnerships oh, <laughs> yeah, with, other, awesome. yes, with other B Corp um, companies. And, um, and so, I, you know, that's another thing that I also have, have been talking to the team about as well as, you know, what I learned um, from my prior company was, you know, the collaboration that you can do with other companies um, is, is, is really awesome. I mean, it's great to help build, build your brand. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and also like, you can also be introduced to new consumers through, yes. you know, different collabs. So, mm-hmm. um so yeah, I mean, I feel like, like you said, the opportunity is exponential. And I, that's one thing that I, I really, really am excited about is there's so much opportunity here. Mm, that's so great. I love it. I love, I mean, you're tackling a lot of things early on and I know that's why they brought you on board. Um, and it's, I mean, you just bring a whole host of new thinking. I think 
the power of your the 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 goop experience specifically where you were working with your own brand your own manufactured brands and you were counseling other brands i think gives you such an absolutely powerful and unique perspective to bring to a place like new chapter that probably has been insular for a very long time mm-hmm. and um so you bring the experience but you also bring that collaboration that you're talking about and i can't think that I'm going to go double negative here. Um, I think that there can be nothing but amazing opportunities ahead simply just by bringing your expertise into the organization. So uh, good for them and exciting for you. Like, that's awesome. You'll have to put, eventually put on your on your um, LinkedIn that, you, that your job title is the wolf. I always, <laughs> I'm the wolf, I'm the wolf. Oh, oh my gosh. Well, I, I, um, I want to wrap. I'm, we need to wrap it up because our time is, is getting to that place. But there's a few questions that I like to ask everybody. Um, and the first one is, I love it when, um, I love it when our guests are able to share some sort of, I call it a happy hour fact is some sort of like, can, do you know, can you believe that blah, blah, blah. Do you have an interesting fact or story that you can share with us? Um, you know, I, I guess I always do my same, (laughs) I always have this one fun fact because I feel like, um, only certain people will know, but when I was a kid, I was on romper room. No, you (laughs) You were, oh my gosh, I probably saw you. (laughs) Yeah, I was on romper room. And so that was, so what we did this thing when I was at Goop, like when, when GP introduces you for yeah. the first time to yeah. everyone, she'll, you know, introduce who you are, what your role is, and wow. then you tell them your fun fact. And so I told yeah. them my fun fact and like only GP and like one other person knew what <laughs> Robert oh. Room was. And I was like, oh yeah, I feel old here. Oh man. Oh man. That's a thing. Romper Room. I'm just like suddenly back to... <laughs> Kindergarten, sitting, sitting on the cat on the carpet, looking up at the TV. I'm right there. Yeah. Oh, yes. that's so crazy. Okay. Um. So what? Um. What this one? That this one will be a little bit different than what? Um. What other women leaders? And it doesn't have to be in category. Um. Do you want to elevate, or just do you simply admire for the work that they're doing? Oh, that's a, that's a hard one. Cause there's so many, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I mean, there's so, I mean, there's so many women that come to mind. I mean, yeah. I feel like I, I have been blessed with amazing bosses, women that have just been you know, in my life or, um, I mean, pretty much like every female boss that I have worked for, I've been able to maintain a relationship with and, um, and, and can call at any time for anything. Um, and so I think, you know, and they've all been amazing, strong women. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, from my bosses at Goop to um, at Herbalife, um, even though she has since passed away, but I mean, mm. I loved her. Um, 
And I always, you know, when I worked for her, so she was my first boss at Herbalife. Um, she was the director of um, quality. And I always thought like, I want to, you know, I want to not be her, but like, I wanted that role and I wanted to make her proud, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, it's like where I am now, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I would have never even imagined. I just wanted to... <laughs> you know, have her job basically. Um, and so, um, so yeah, I mean, there's, I don't know, there's so many women that, and, and not, and not even like public figures, but just like people that have touched my life, you know, um, in, in different ways. Mm. That's awesome. I, I don't know that everybody can say that. So that's pretty great. I wonder what brands or trends you might be following these days and why. Oh, these are some good ones. I didn't, I didn't think about, I didn't even think about these things. Okay. So friends are trends. Um, a brand, you know, it's kind of, well, I mean, there are some brands that, you know, because I was at Goop, I was exposed to a lot, sure. right? Yeah, that's so there are brands good. like, like Blue Land. I don't know if you know them, but they are um, basically like a, they do like cleaning products that are, um, you know, fragrance free, chemical free. Um, They're in reusable packaging. Um, Are they the tablets that you put in water? So they, they make like dishwasher tablets that that come in like a tin uh, and they make um, powder, um, like dishwashing soap and um, hand soap and laundry detergent and mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have their, their stuff. Um, what other brands? It's so funny. Cause I, I have like, I mean, I feel like we're all like, there's like, we're all brand. I mean, like obviously P and G I have like <laughs> P and G stuff everywhere. Cause yeah, well, P and G is such well. a, like, mm-hmm. you know, part of our everyday life. Right. Um, and it wasn't until I started working for a new chapter that I realized how much P and G literally like it's like in your life. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like every household has got to have at least one mm-hmm. item <laughs> from P and G in their home. Um, trying to think I can't even I can't even think of like I mean I there I mean there are obviously like you know there are things that because one of the one of the things I had just talked about with the team at New Chapter was when I was talking about collaborations and I felt like um you know there are things that we could do to uh, expose the brand. And I was using the example of the collaboration between Gucci and North Face because they were like, it's like two brands that you wouldn't think of, you know, coming together, but it was almost like genius because, you know, you kind of expose those customer bases to each other and their ad campaign was so, um, I mean, like, I was just like, this is just, I loved it, you know? And Um, and so I think of like, when I think about those things, it's like those types of collabs inspire me because that's what I want to bring to our brand is thinking outside of the box Mm -hmm. of not just aligning with a company that is exactly like ours, but something that would be catchy for the consumer to think, oh, you know, and take a second look. Yeah. So, Yeah. yeah, see, I see that a lot with small brands working um there's a lot of like you know like fit fat fit fab fun you know mm-hmm. there's a lot of those 
um, that you, that where the smaller brands kind of get an exposure by being kind of this aggregate kidding type of thing. Mm -hmm. But this, um, your, your example of North Face and Gucci, these very well-established large brands, I think are kind of an extension of that idea of how can we do that for our brands? Obviously, nobody's going to get a fit, fab, fun, $4,000 box, you know, with a, a Gucci bag and, a, mm -hmm. you know, and a North Face. So interesting that that's a model that you're identifying. I'll probably have to go and do a little bit of a look around and see who else might be doing that. Nice. I like it. Mm -hmm. uh, how are you keeping yourself centered, sane these days? Are you? Can you? <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, I, I'm like, I moved from, you know, uh, Southern California. I was living at the beach. Mm -hmm. You know, it was, I used to take a run to the beach every morning with my dog. And then I moved here uh, basically at the beginning of winter. And so I was <laughs> indoors for the, you know, uh, about three months or so. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so I had to, you know, learn how to readjust and, um, and, and even though like I love snow and, and all that because of COVID, I couldn't really go out and enjoy yeah. like winter activities. I just did not want to put my health at risk that way. So mm -hmm. I had to learn other things like cooking everything that I like <laughs> and, um, and then working it off in the gym. <laughs> so, um, so I basically, you know, I, uh, I do like to invest because where I live, we have to reserve time, you know, um, in the gym. So I try okay. to use that time as just to, you know, reinvest in myself, clear my mind, um, and, and hopefully shed a pound or two in the process. But, um, but yeah, I think that, and like now that I'm vaccinated and I'm able to go out and meet people, I've been, you know, putting efforts into networking more, getting out in the community. I love to like volunteer my time and, you know, do things like that. So I've been reaching out to organizations, um, mm -hmm. in Vermont, mm -hmm. um, in Southern Vermont and Brattleboro for, um, opportunities to, you know, get out in the community and meet people. Awesome. Wow. Good. And if people want to get a hold of you, are you a LinkedIn kind of person or do you have a? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm on LinkedIn. Um, you know, if anyone wants to reach out to me, feel free to email me there. Okay. Um, and yeah, I, I, I pretty much, I mean, I have the app on my phone, so I check it regularly. Okay. Awesome. Well, Zelda, I want to thank you so much for your time today and, and, um, so glad that we connected and I'll have to reach out to Angela again, who made the introduction and thank her and really appreciate the work that you put into the community to kind of bring better products to the market and make sure we're all safe and, and sharing the wealth with other people. Like that's the, that's the part that is amazing. So thank you for all of that. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This was oh, fun. Great. <laughs> okay. Until next time. Have a great day. This episode is sponsored by Retail Voodoo, a creative marketing firm specializing in growing, fixing, and reinventing brands in the food, beverage, wellness, and fitness industries. If your naturals brand is in need of positioning, package design, or marketing activation, we're here to help. You can find more information at retail-voodoo.com. And so there you go. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. And if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to this channel and share with your network. 
Until next time, be well and do gooder.